My name is Javier Colon. Welcome to The In-Between. Today, I am being joined by Isabella Nava to talk about her thesis film titled Butterfly Effect. Hey, Izzy. Hi. Hi, I'm so excited <laughs> to be on the show. <laughs> I'm really glad that you're excited. I'm really happy to have you here. So for anybody who doesn't know and anybody who is listening, how about you introduce yourself? Who are you and what do you do? Okay. So again, my name is Isabella Nava. Uh, I'm a VFX artist currently working on my thesis project in uh, SVA. So Javi's a fellow classmate of mine. Um, So again, my thesis project is called Butterfly Effect. Uh, It's essentially a minute long film, uh, all one continuous sequence about a chain reaction of events started by a single butterfly. Um, How did you find yourself at SVA? So here's a funny thing. I didn't actually decide to go into art until maybe my junior or senior year of high school. It was definitely a last minute decision. Yeah. So uh, it definitely makes me feel a bit left out from, you know, that crowd of students who have been dreaming of art or, you know, been drawing since day one. But all I knew is I wanted to create something. I wanted to do something cool for a living. Um, And it wasn't until uh, I know there are kind of an awful trilogy but the hobbit movies when i first <laughs> uh, when i started getting into them because i i grew up watching the lord of the rings films and you know any other fantasy fiction um you know sagas but uh growing up i always thought it would be kind of cool to get into something something like this you know this mm-hmm. similar industry where it kind of puts you in a whole other universe you know right. even if it's just for like a few hours so it wasn't until i watched the hobbit movies and i started researching more into you know vfx and you know how the the films were made uh that's when i started really getting into it and that's what kind of made me want to do this for a living so yeah very cool um what were you originally planning on doing prior to junior year Ah, so uh, I'm Filipino. My mom really wanted me to be a physical therapist or something mm. in the medical field. Yeah. So growing up, I expected to do something of the sort, you know, either be a nurse or, you know, just like my mom, be a physical therapist um, or follow my dad in the pharmacy industry. But yeah, they were pretty supportive of me, you know, not having to go down the traditional medical route. Mm-hmm. Um, so I was very pleased to have their support when I decided to go into, you know, like art industry. Do you have any siblings who did kind of go the the traditional route or? Somewhat. It's not necessarily medical, but my little brother right now, he is studying uh, engineering, mechanical engineering at Penn State. Yeah. And I have an older sister who uh, is already a teacher. So not necessarily medicine. I was the only one that decided to do something a bit more unconventional. Mm -hmm. Uh, But I think it's safe to say all of us are pretty happy with where, where our career paths are lined up. Yeah, absolutely. I think that because of recent events, we kind of are kind of solidified in our confidence about the industry. I was in a a business class and I had a guest speaker named Dan Barker. He was the head, I think it's called Origami Paper Media or something of the sort. He was mentioning that this industry is almost like kind of recession proof, you know, Mm -hmm. because of that we cater to both entertainment and advertising. And those are two things that are kind of very, they're very persistent. Yeah, I feel like that's one big misconception about our line of work. A lot of people think or assume that art is a dying field or Mm -hmm. that, you know, artists don't make any money when that could not be any more false. Yeah, Um, There's so much work in line for us. There's so much waiting for us out there. Like it's not just, you know, drawing a picture or painting because a lot of people, like especially my 
uh, old-fashioned relatives don't mm-hmm. really understand what I do. Right. Um, they don't understand that, you know, let's say VFX, CG, even motion graphics, all of that stuff uh, has a part in, you know, like you said, commercial entertainment, almost anything that most people use on a daily basis or are exposed to on a daily basis. So just because, you know, it's not really something that they're exposed to, not really something that they see behind the scenes, it's still something that, I think offers a lot of a lot a lot of job opportunities for people like us. There's it's a very very diverse industry with a very similar skill set. Mm-hmm. Awesome. So now that we've uh, given everybody in the department a confidence boost, uh, <laughs> I kind of want to talk about your uh, your thesis now. So you kind of touched upon it a little bit earlier. Where did this idea for your thesis come from? <laughs> this year has been a lot. Originally, I did have a different thesis idea. Uh, it was called Chromesthesia. It was about this young deaf girl who had the ability to see music. So if mm-hmm. you like clap your hands, there would be bursts of color emanating from her her palms. But I realized I can't really make that film anymore under you know these circumstances over the Mm -hmm. last few months i couldn't do a big shoot with you know the casting crew that i had in mind so i had to change it up a bit and as i was writing the story i i did want to do something a bit where the message was a bit more personal Mm -hmm. and for those that don't know the butterfly effect it's a saying where uh when a butterfly flaps its wings it causes a hurricane on the other side of the world so it's kind of like (laughs) yeah it's an adage about you know how i guess life can be unpredictable um how Mm. everything kind of happens for a reason whether it's like directly or indirectly related so i wanted to kind of put a more positive spin to that and that's where i came up with my film so Essentially, it was a butterfly that caused, like I said, a series of uh, events. And the very last event is um, these two young people that end up falling in love at first sight. You know, it's it's a bit of a stretch, but, you know, it's, <laughs> <laughs> it's the um, creative storyteller in me trying to, you know, make up some big grand story. Um, but yeah, that's essentially where I got my idea. I wanted to, you know, do something a bit more light and, you know, technical wise uh simple for my thesis film so how much of a downsizing was this production technically oh it was uh, it was huge (laughs) it was a huge downsizing a bit unfortunate because i did put a lot of you know planning and uh effort into chromesthesia Mm -hmm. but i i'm also very happy with butterfly effect you know I'm, i'm very happy with how it's turning out and you know the people that are involved in it um essentially i had to plan everything uh, as if we were, which we still are, uh, in the middle of a pandemic. So right. um, I started writing the script and the story around, I believe it was June. You know, everyone was home. I didn't really have anything else to do. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, I wrote my script with a specific cast in mind. So I I knew right off the bat, I wasn't going to hold auditions. Um, I wasn't going to go seeking for like a large uh, production crew because, you know, at the time I felt it was really unsafe mm. um so i was thinking of people who would be a good fit so the characters that i have in my story they're essentially people playing themselves mm-hmm. um so that that couple i mentioned the fall in love at first sight they're a real couple that i know in real life um, oh, cool. i've known yeah um so the leading guy the leading guy <laughs> his name is chibeze and i've known him since the fifth grade mm-hmm. um him and his girlfriend are now um I believe it's musical theater majors at uh, NYU Tisch Performing Arts School. Oh, nice. So, yeah, very um, 
very huge very uh, official resume. yeah very <laughs> official yeah so i didn't exactly need a, a audition or anything but you know they're i feel like they're pretty capable mm-hmm. um and then there were other characters as well we had a dog on set um but these were all you know people that i knew in real life and um i did reach out to them way beforehand uh, making sure that the situation would be comfortable for them, making sure mm-hmm. that everything was safe. You know, right I had, before you started developing this story and developing yeah, this idea. Exactly, yeah. exactly. So, you know, this took a lot of planning, um, arguably just as much planning as Chromesthesia, even though mm-hmm. it was condensed in just a few months. Um, but I did have to make sure that everything was, you know, as safe and efficient um, as I could plan it to be. So uh, I had a very limited uh, crew. So it was just a director of photography, um, assistant camera, and a production assistant. So Mm. um, everything else was basically done by the four of us. We were just running around trying to um, (laughs) make a film happen uh, with just a small number of people. Yeah. But you know what? It worked out. It was a very short shoot. It only lasted a day. Uh, I wanted it to be outdoors, of course, because, Mm -hmm. you know, i didn't feel like an indoor shoot would be safe. Mm-hmm. Um, everyone wore masks. Uh, this feels like an advertising now for COVID regulations. I don't mean it to be, but that's essentially... This podcast it, is brought to you by COVID-19. <laughs> COVID-19, wear a mask. <laughs> it, it did play a huge part, you know, it, with me planning my film. Like, everything that went into planning my my film had to be planned with, you know, COVID in mind, unfortunately. But, you know, that's that's kind of the times that we're living in. Yeah, absolutely. And I think that your adaptation to the circumstances while still kind of being able to film something at all, I think mm-hmm. is very admirable. Um, I'm kind of curious, though, because I kind of want to go back just a little bit in time to Chromesthesia. Mm-hmm. It was a very, very touching and specific story. I remember being moved by it when I saw the previous. So I'm wondering, like, where did this idea come from? Like, what was it related to anything that you've experienced with your family or was it just a random story that you came up with like where did that idea stem from <laughs> I, I wish it was that random no but um, <laughs> as I mentioned my sister my older sister is uh, a teacher so mm-hmm. specifically she's a special ed teacher um, one of the things that she had to learn was uh, ASL so she knows how to you know speak in sign language yep. there was one incident that she told me about where she went to a Dunkin Donut and there was a uh, deaf mute customer who was trying to place an order and the cashiers were having you know a bit of trouble understanding her mm-hmm. and my sister had stepped in and translated for her which was very it was very cool it was a very nice thing for her to do mm-hmm. so in my story, I kind of based the character off of that customer's experience. Like I was wondering mm-hmm. how difficult it must be, you know, to go about life with people having so much trouble, so much difficulty communicating mm-hmm. with you, even just for simple things like ordering coffee. The chromesthesia part of it was just like a random twist. You know, I, I, I'm pretty sure I got the original idea from this one super old TV show I used to watch called Heroes. Um, if anyone's ever heard of that, it's just a bunch of random people with superpowers. Malum mm-hmm. and Tamili is in it, but there's a, <laughs> a, a character there, um, exactly like the character that I wrote, where she's, again, deaf mute, and she somehow has the ability to see music, music specifically, not just sound. So mm-hmm. um, the character in the TV show was walking through a park and saw a... Um, I think it was a cello player and she could see these like ribbons of light and color coming from the strings of the cello as mm-hmm. the uh, musician was playing it and I thought that was such a you know a creative ability to have so I kind of merged that with the experience that my sister had at Dunkin Donuts and from there I started developing the story. 
I think that your film kind of almost benefited from this sort of redo, you know? And I think that, you know, when you planned it out and, and got it all done, like, that's really great. So I'm kind of curious, like, what has been your favorite aspect about working on this piece so far? Okay, this was an unexpected interest of mine, but actually planning the production part of mm. it, you know, like, I never had any aspirations to be like a director or producer, you know, I've always wanted to be that person behind the scenes, just in front of a camera, you know, never, mm-hmm. never seen or anything, just, you know, kind of doing the work and passing it off to the next person. So mm-hmm. being uh, the one in charge of planning this entire shoot, you know, getting in contact with the cast and crew members, that was actually a lot of fun for me. Um, a lot of work, though, but it I don't know. It was something that I didn't expect to enjoy so much. And I remember also enjoying that part um, when I was planning Chromesthesia. I had to act as my own uh, assistant director. You know, mm. I, I didn't really outsource a lot of uh, help. So uh, when it came to planning the auditions, which I did hold for Chromesthesia, I was mm-hmm. really far into the planning process with that film. So uh, I had uh, auditions held. I, you know, had contracts made. I was reaching out to um, cast members. And at the time, I I don't think I had a fully developed crew yet. But, you know, it it required a lot of organizing and communicating with different people. Administrative stuff. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. And I didn't expect to enjoy that so much. So Mm -hmm. that was a pleasant surprise. Um, I don't know if I'd do it professionally but it's definitely <laughs> something that I'll keep in mind if I'm ever in the um in a, in another production uh crew or anything cuz yeah I now realize that it's not just the behind the scenes stuff or it's not just the the computer stuff that I'm into it's also the hands-on production related task. Yeah, no, organizing a project is really fun and I can imagine that this piece specifically kind of speaks to all of your strengths, right? Like mm-hmm. you you notice that you really like production and then you also really notice that you like uh doing the visual effects behind the scene work and mm-hmm. I think that um combined with like your your people skills, you're kind of like this uh triple threat, right? <laughs> when it comes to making a film. So, I think that's really cool. Um, mm-hmm. Production is fun. Everybody, everybody doesn't really kind of emphasize on production. It's not really as marketed in the department as like 3D animation, but it is very important. And it's yeah. actually probably an entryway for anybody who's entering a studio like pr- production oh, yeah. assistants are entry level jobs. Absolutely. You know? I mean, not to say that I don't enjoy the VFX. I love working on the VFX, all the compositing in mm-hmm. this film, you know, so that was already a given that I mean, that's exactly why I'm making a VFX film in the first place. Yeah. <laughs> I'm actually kind of curious, what made you choose VFX over 3D? So, I'm going to sound super stupid, but I didn't know there was a difference until like my freshman <laughs> year of computer art. Uh-huh. Um, I always just, so, like when I, you know, said that whole spiel about loving the the um, Lord of the Rings movies, I always just associated that with, let's say, Pixar. You know, mm. I always thought, okay, like they go kind of hand in hand. It's all right. special effects or, you know, all computer generated stuff. Mm-hmm. I didn't realize there was such a, a huge distinction until <laughs> I got to um, the computer art department. So it did take a while for me to discover that I have no knack in 3D. <laughs> um, <laughs> um, it's just not my thing, mm-hmm. but I that just makes it even more admirable for those that are very well versed in animation and modeling and all that. With VFX, as I started learning more about it, that's when I realized, oh no, this is the one that I want to do. You know, this mm-hmm. is the the Lord of the Rings stuff. You know, like the Harry Potter, Star Wars, etc. Mm-hmm. Um, this is the kind of film editing that I'm that I was originally interested in. So uh, I there is still so much for me to learn about it. Like I 
would not consider myself um, that well-versed of a VFX artist just yet, but mm -hmm. I'm definitely enjoying learning as much as I can. You know, it's, it's, it's my favorite part about <laughs> working on this film <laughs> aside from all the other new things that I discovered. That's the best part about thesis, I think, is that learning experience. And that like goes also externally, like to marketing and, and Instagram posts and all that stuff, like kind of keeping up the image that you're working on this piece. So, mm -hmm. so obviously there's a lot of stuff for you to do. Thesis, yes, this is a really big, scary project, but it doesn't always have to be. But you have to be prepared for the moments when it's not as beneficial to you or as easy for you, you know? And so I was just kind of curious. So what would you say was your worst moment in thesis so far? This is something I'm hoping that a lot of people um, do find a lot of takeaways from. So thesis could easily burn you out. Like that's the most unfortunate thing about a project of this scale. You know, everyone expects your thesis to be your trademark leaving the computer art department. Like this is, this is, this is it. This is the film that you're making, mm -hmm. you know, but it's definitely overwhelming. It's not as, you know, fun and grand as, you know, a lot of people make it seem like, you know, cause for example, I post a lot of really fun stuff on my butterfly effect Instagram, you know, making, making it seem like it's a really fun process. But mm -hmm. uh, in reality, behind the scenes, I'm very tired. I'm tired <laughs> all the time. Uh, I feel like I've been living and breathing uh, thesis for, you know, it feels like longer than just a few months that we have been working right. on it. Mm -hmm. um, so I'd say the worst part uh, was unfortunately very recently. It was the last week of uh, this past semester. Burnt out doesn't even begin to describe how I was feeling. I just, sorry for any teachers listening out there, but I, I skipped all of my classes. Um, I just could not get out of bed. It was, it was very overwhelming. It, it takes it takes a lot, you know, to to produce a, a film of this scale. And in my case, I'm doing it by myself, unfortunately. Not that I'm ever by myself, you know. I I always have like the love and support of you know my friends and family. And luckily, I had two roommates um, who were also always there for me. So all of us are always just talking about how exhausting it is. And considering mm -hmm. the times that we're living in right now, you know, we are still in the middle of a pandemic. And I feel like people people kind of forget that sometimes, you know, like things seem like it's starting to get back to normal. But if you step outside for for a little bit, you'll see that, you know, it's it's going to take a while for us to really get mm -hmm. back to normal. So I feel like the expectations in school are still a little bit overwhelming. And it's definitely not an accurate depiction of how our lives are going right now. What I mean by that is a lot of teachers, um, no specifics or anything, but a lot of teachers treat this whole online learning as if we have more free time, as if we have more means now to get the work done just because mm -hmm. we're all at home and, you know, classes were only an hour and a half. In reality, it's kind of way worse than it was before. It doesn't feel the same and it doesn't feel easier than how it was the last three years that I was in SBA. So it's a lot. You know, I, I keep saying that, but it, it is a lot <laughs> working on a thesis film uh, when everyone's situation is like this. Not to sound, you know, super cynical and super depressing, mm -hmm. but you know, <laughs> I that was something I didn't expect to experience this year. Like I always mm. knew that thesis was going to be tiring. I mean, it's all anyone's talked about the entire time I've been right. here yeah, at SBA. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> everyone's been hyping up this idea of you know you working on your your big project, your mm -hmm. big film. I didn't expect to like have it 
takes so much out of me in just a small amount of time. You know, it's only, I remember it was um, November or something around November. I started feeling the burnout of it. Like I started mm -hmm. feeling like the lack of motivation. Like I was really struggling to get stuff done. And then I remember my roommate saying, I can't believe it's only been like just a little over a month. And that kind of blew my mind. Like yeah. it's only been a little over a month or at that point, cause it was only November. And yet mm -hmm. it felt like I've been working on this thing for close to a year now. Right. You know, it's, it's definitely tiring, super stressful, super exhausting. Well, I first want to say thank you for being so open and so vulnerable about that, because it's something that I don't think is talked about enough is mm -hmm. this idea of burnout. It's it's so weird because there's there's two tiers, right? There's like the completely exhausted, you don't want to do anything kind of burnout. And then there's the burnout where you just you have all this energy, but you're kind of running into a wall, you know, yes. like you're kind of running into dead ends. And mm -hmm. um, that's the burnout that I was having recently. Mm -hmm. I was burnt out uh two days ago and i didn't i didn't know what to do like I, I had all this energy but i didn't have anything specifically to do and there's not a lot of things that i do that don't have like an end goal so like i like to cook but that's an end goal right like i have to finish the meal i have to measure everything properly so i was like and i was trying to edit episodes for this podcast i just couldn't get it through one of the episodes even though like I was really enjoying the conversation and I really enjoyed listening to everybody's opinions. Mm -hmm. um, I went and got an oil change and a car wash for my car to see if I can try to like snowball the productivity. <laughs> it just didn't happen. Yeah. And I think that, you know, a burnout affects everybody in one way or another. You know, some people have their limits uh, and some of them are higher than others. But mm -hmm. it's very important to understand when you need a break and to yeah. take those breaks. Absolutely. Absolutely. Kind of adding on to that, I kind of want to ask you, so what have you done in the recent weeks uh, after burnout to try to kind of recover properly? Do you have any tips for anybody who might be experiencing burnout right now? It definitely helped having people to talk to. So mm -hmm. like I mentioned, I have uh, two roommates who are both actually also in the computer art department. So they know exactly how I'm feeling. They were just mm -hmm. as burnt out as I was. Like all of us were experiencing that same level of exhaustion. So one tradition that uh, we always uphold every Friday night after, actually after, you know, the class of the entire department, um, yeah. we always sit down in our living room and we watch a movie. We sometimes order dinner or dessert or something. So um, times like that was, uh, it was those kinds of experiences that was uh, kind of giving me um, something to get my mind off of thesis for a bit. And that's also another important thing. You don't have to or you shouldn't be living and breathing thesis 24 seven, you know, mm. you need to, like you said, find the right time to step away from it, like take a mm. break. That was something I definitely didn't do this year. And I think it was more due to the fact that it felt like we were all already so behind since we were starting mm. the semester so late. So I was under the impression that I had to keep working and, you know, I, I had to catch up even though it's, you know, the semester had just started. Um, but I felt like I couldn't, stop working like I wasn't allowed to otherwise you know my film was never gonna get done right. um and that's not exactly a, a healthy thing to do like I know mm -hmm. um I mean I'm a huge offender of this but uh people tend to romanticize or glorify the um idea of overworking or mm. you know pulling all-nighters to get things done uh, mm. i was definitely that type of a person before i used to think oh the the less sleep i get the the better student i am you know <laughs> yeah. the, the, the harder worker i am mm -hmm. um but that's really not the case i feel like this year 
specifically, you have to prioritize taking care of yourself on top mm -hmm. of getting things done because it's, you know, you're not going to get anything done in the future if you have nothing left to give. So you have right. to make sure that you're still, you know, there's still enough of you, like there's, you still have enough energy in you to, to get the things that you need to get done. Mm -hmm. Going back to like the previous conversation, um, mm -hmm. another bad experience I had this semester, um, very recently, I did lose my grandfather. And oh, it sorry. was when I had just come back from, I, I remember it was the week after I came back from New Jersey, I moved back to New York. And uh, I got the phone call from my mom or the text from my mom. That week was just kind of a blur to me. Um, mm -hmm. It felt weird because I, I felt like I, I couldn't really stop working, you know, because again, I already felt behind, like I couldn't take that time to, you know, cope with what I was dealing with. Um, you know, I, I had to, like, I, I kind of had to do both. Like I, I had to keep working, but at the same time, I did have to take time away. It was a weird situation. You know, mm -hmm. it involved me going to the embassy, trying to get my mom a uh, way to fly back to the Philippines like that day so mm -hmm. that she could go see um be there for my grandfather's funeral. I remember being so stressed out that week because I you know I needed to take time off. Like I needed to, you know, deal with my mom's flight situation. Um I needed to cope with the fact that I had just, you know, lost a loved one. I felt like I didn't deserve to. Like I it was a very weird mindset where I, I felt like I had to keep working, you know, like despite everything that I was going through, it didn't feel right for me to just step away from my thesis. And that's not a good thing. You know, I feel like people should be able to step away from thesis because things do happen. You know, you never know what could be going on in a person's life. They shouldn't be working on, you know, no offense, just school. You know, it is yeah, just school. Course. If you think about it. Yeah. Like it's 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 a project. And although it's a really large scale project, at the end of the day, there are things that are you know, more important, there are things that require your attention and your effort a bit more than, you know, a film. That was also another thing that I had to deal with this semester. And that kind of played a lot into the whole burnout idea. But it kind of speaks true to something that happens in the department is yeah. that because thesis is so emphasized and so idolized as like the thing that defines your computer art career, mm -hmm. that it inadvertently takes control of your life mm -hmm. and sometimes gives you a little bit of tunnel vision, like what else is important, right? Exactly, exactly. In the case of losing a loved one, that's something that doesn't happen to everybody on a, on a daily basis, but it's something that does happen in general. Yeah. It's something that definitely takes precedence and kind of losing that idea of, oh, wait, isn't this is the most important thing? Like losing that mentality it's an out-of-body experience, right? Like yeah, you kind of absolutely. drift for a little while and you're not really sure like, oh, is this really what is worth my time? Yes, it's absolutely worth your time. <laughs> mm -hmm. And it could be something as as important as losing a loved one or it could be something as little as you're not getting enough sleep. You know, like that <laughs> is something that you have to understand that you cannot produce good work if you do not take care of yourself. If you don't clean the gears, the gears will get stuck, right? Mm, and wow. you need to always clean the gears. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely something that needs to be emphasized a little bit more in the department besides, oh, you know, I, I did an all-nighter and I got the project done. Like, no, don't yeah. do that. You know, like, <laughs> not a healthy thing. <laughs> um, I will say that I'm very proud of myself and the fact that I did not pull an all-nighter. But during my SVA career, I noticed that other people were producing much 
much better quality work than I was. And I was wondering if that was because of the fact that I didn't pull all-nighters. So for anybody who's out there who is not pulling all-nighters, stick to that streak. Do yeah, not pull an all-nighter. It's not worth it. You it's know, not you, worth The it. mark of a good artist shouldn't be the less sleep that you get, mm-hmm. like the more exhausted you are. That that should never be the case. But back to, you know, things that I have been doing to kind of get myself out of that funk. Um, again, like I said, talk to as many people as you can. I called Mm -hmm. my mom on like a daily basis, like whenever I was feeling burnt out. So that also helped a lot. And I kept telling her how, how much I was looking forward to being home. Um, And as soon as I I did come home, like I felt this huge sense of relief, you know, just being in New Mm -hmm. Jersey, you know, not in New York where um, the streets smell all the time. (laughs) It's very crowded. Just being in New Jersey where there's, you know, trees everywhere, fresh air and, you know, Mm -hmm. friendly neighbors and not, you know, rowdy, apartment tenants like the ones that I have um (laughs) it was a good change of scenery and I remember so my boyfriend knows very well all too well how stressed out I've been with thesis Mm -hmm. so um it was his plan that when I opened up my project again for the first time you know he said he'd be there for me because like I I'm very dramatic I'm a very emotional person so (laughs) I was afraid I was gonna like immediately have a breakdown as soon Mm -hmm. as I opened up my um my hard drive so you know he made the process as easy as possible you know we kind of made a specific list of tasks that I want to get done over the break so that Mm -hmm. I still felt productive but I wasn't overworking myself too much you know so exactly so you know I I didn't want to just work every day on my thesis while I was on break you know it's still Mm -hmm. a break you shouldn't be expected to you know get too much done you have to enjoy your time with your family it's christmas it's new year's you know mm-hmm. you it's the holiday season you have to be able to celebrate that and just take a breather for a bit this is this is one of the only breaks we're going to get this year so you have to take advantage of it so i'm definitely taking advantage of it i you know i'm not that i'm not getting any work done but i'm trying to prioritize you know recovering and taking care of myself and you know going out with my family and my boyfriend as much as possible while i'm home because I'm not going to get that chance again when I start working on my thesis uh, in January back in my apartment in New York, trying to make the most of my time here. Take breaks, you know, for Mm -hmm. anyone listening. I don't know if this is supposed to be like an advice column, but, you know, you have to take (laughs) breaks. You have to know when to step away from your project. Otherwise, it's going to it's going to take a lot out of you. It's it's definitely going to take a lot out of you. And it's it's so important to take breaks. And my friend was kind of mentioning that nothing is going to happen between Christmas and New Year's because it's like a week away from two holidays. Like that Mm -hmm. is just not going to be a productive week. And I think that if you accept that as the reality, it's a lot easier to take that break than to try to work through it. Because Mm -hmm. it's like something that you need to understand that this is something that is necessary, that breaks are necessary, that relaxing is necessary. Because especially for a lot of people, like I think especially for you, Izzy, is that this change of scenery, you got to take advantage of the scenery before you leave again. We were kind of mentioning what you do to help you out of burnout and kind of helping you out of like this recovery phase. But I kind of want to switch it back to a little bit more of a brighter side. What are some things that you do to help you focus when you don't want to do anything? Like when there's a time like maybe in mid-November where you have a deadline or something like that, what are some things that help you work and help you stay on top of things? In my case, it does help that, again, my other two roommates are working on, you know, their own thesis film. So we kind of have like a 
you know, an energy going on in the apartment mm. where if one person's working, like the rest of us kind of have that sense of productivity. So right. one thing we uh, we used to do was we would set up our computers and everything in the living room, which was also kind of connected to my other roommate's room. So we were all working in the same space, you know, mm. like although we're all focused on our own projects, we're all still around, you know, other people and just, you know, vibing off of each other. Yeah, totally. um, yeah and just... I don't know, once you kind of get into that workflow, you know, that that drive to be productive, it feed into it, you know, try to take advantage of it. So I don't know, I don't know exactly what I would do to get into that mindset. But, Mm -hmm. you know, just eliminating any distractions, first and Mm -hmm. foremost, Um, it helps for us because like, we don't like we don't have a TV, um, barely have windows as it is. So there's (laughs) really nothing, nothing else in our apartment, except like our walls and our computer. So just make sure you don't have anything that could take you out of that, you know, the zone, like in the working zone, if you're, mm-hmm. you know, about to feed into that drive. So, yeah, definitely. I think that you guys are kind of emulating the computer art lab environment, you know, yes, and that's exactly. definitely super, super helpful for anybody yes. who <laughs> wants to, you know, try to stay productive because that is something that is kind of missing right now, right? Is mm-hmm. that I, that ability to go to like the senior labs or yeah. the junior labs or whatever labs you want to call them, you know, <laughs> it's, it's being around people that are working. Yeah. It's almost like a, like a weird hypnotic trance. You're like, Oh, I got to work now because everybody else is working. Like I'd be the only one not yeah. doing it. Exactly. Exactly. It would be difficult for anyone that's like at home with their families, because I know that's also a very tough situation to be in mm-hmm. if you want to be productive. Like me, for example, whenever I'm with my family, I want to spend all my time with them. You know, I don't want to be cooped up in my room. So I guess in cases like that, just make sure you kind of set your boundaries with your parents. Like I know mm-hmm. my my parents always respect the fact that um, I do have to work. So I just let them know oh, I'm going to be in my room like this amount of time. Like, mm-hmm. you know, do not disturb. <laughs> just let me, <laughs> let me work on my film for you a little bit. You lock the doors and you have like a little sign. <laughs> yeah, I, I do have a little sign. I have oh. a little sign that says, please do not disturb. Isabella's working. <laughs> um, <laughs> yeah. So yeah, I guess for anyone that's like living at home right now or um, quarantine at home with your families, mm-hmm. that would be a good way to kind of set your boundaries and making sure that you're still able to work, even though you've got tons of potential distractions around you. <laughs> so now we're kind of getting on a little bit of a happier note. And so what would you say was your best moment in thesis so far? I had this teacher last year, Boaz. Um, I'm not sure if you have him as a teacher this year, but um, I, I do. don't. Act- oh, you do. So yeah. Um, I couldn't get him as a teacher uh, this year because um, a lot of scheduling conflicts. But mm. there was one point where he reached out to me. I think it was like around October, November. For those that don't know, I, I actually worked with Boaz over this past summer. Um, oh, cool. Working at his company. I was a VFX intern. Mm. So I got really close to him and really close to uh, my fellow VFX artists in that company. Um, so it was at Radical Media and we were working on a Uh, top secret safari project (laughs) but uh, I got really close to him I got super close to him and I was a bit you know sad that I couldn't get him as a teacher this year because I still felt like I had so much to learn from him Mm -hmm. Uh, it was a really cool situation where I had him as both my VFX supervisor and at the same time he was also my teacher Mm -hmm. so he was like my boss essentially but he was still you know he was still Boaz from our VFX class he was yeah he was very much like your mentor 
exact mentor that's the perfect way of putting it so mm -hmm. you know not having him as a teacher was a bit discouraging but then he reached out to me um at some point in the middle of semester reminding me to you know keep in touch with him like mm -hmm. uh, uh, update him on the project you know maybe there's a job lined up for me next year who knows oh, wow. um <laughs> but uh i i did i i was only able to do a video call with him once but um it was that was probably one of my favorite moments um just because i do see him as a mentor sort of like a vfx father figure if you will <laughs> yeah, um a vfx so, dad <laughs> exactly so uh you know he was able to give me a lot of advice on my film and once i do have enough progress with it i am going to follow up with him again just to kind of remind him mm -hmm. i'm still here i just wanted to get as much done as possible before like you know seeking your input again but yeah, that was definitely one of uh, my favorite moments. It was just a video call, but, you know, for me, it was sort of, uh, it was nice to see a familiar face again, because I do have almost all entirely new teachers this year. Um, that might have been one of my, I think that was one of my favorite moments. Uh, it was just really nice to to hear from him again. Yeah, that's really sweet. And it's always good to be validated by dad at school. <laughs> <laughs> so. Uh, kind of drifting a little bit more into the advice column, you know, we were talking about burnout, we're talking about mental health, we're talking about taking breaks. But now I kind of want to focus a little bit on introspection. What would you say to your freshman self about SVA? I don't know. I mean, I, I loved my experiences at SVA. Like I love all the work that um, I've been doing the past four years. And I feel like I didn't realize I loved them until like way after the fact, until after I'd finished it. You know, mm -hmm. I always just thought of it as um, just another project that I have to get done. So I guess my advice uh, to freshman year, Isabella, we Isabella, um, <laughs> enjoy, enjoy it, you know, because I, I was definitely pressuring myself into just completing projects without really finding passion in it just yet. Like it was just for the sake of, you know, completing a grade, but it wasn't until maybe this year or last year that I started doing things um, like for my portfolio, let's say, or like building my reel. Before that, it was just trying to complete a grade. So mm -hmm. I feel like I would advise her to just enjoy the work that she's doing now, do it well, you know, do it to the best of her abilities, because you're going to miss it in the next few school years. It's just going to be about like the professional industry. So as much as possible, try to enjoy like the fun projects for now. And you could still use that towards like your portfolio and reels and whatnot. Um, just enjoy it, you know, because mm -hmm. I, I definitely saw it more as like a school experience and, you know, anything else. And uh, I wish I had taken advantage of you know those earlier years so yeah I think that's that's what I would tell her very solid advice too you know because <laughs> you can get like we kind of mentioned before um mm -hmm. you can get really wrapped up in the we need to meet the deadline it's like oh mm -hmm. this is supposed to be fun too you know like there's <laughs> there's a a nice middle ground that needs to be reached there it's like sure. that one quote from The Office. I wish uh -huh. there was a way to know you're in the good times when you're in them or like before they're gone, something like that. I don't know. Yeah, yeah, I, I know word, what you're talking about. <laughs> yeah, that's essentially how I feel, you know. Mm -hmm. But Do you have any advice for juniors who are now entering the thesis phase? This could be Ooh. anybody who is entering pre-production or starting off their senior year working on thesis. Okay. Um, make sure you work on a project. Make sure you choose a story that you'll want to be working on for the next you know two years year and a half or whatever mm -hmm. um because as i'm sure everyone knows you'll be primarily working on your thesis all of your senior year so you want to make sure it's something that you want to work on something that you enjoy otherwise if you get sick of it too early you're not gonna 
you're not going to want to work on it anymore and your thesis is isn't going to end up looking the way i'm sure you had originally intended Mm -hmm. so you know try to try to incorporate something that you're passionate about something that you're gonna you're not really gonna lose interest in over the next few months or year or whatever because it is easy to get lost in the work and get sick of what you're doing so just as long as there's some sense of fulfillment in your thesis then Mm -hmm. i feel like you'll it'll be you'll have a hard time losing your drive you know during the next few months yeah definitely being uh uh, conscious of how much time you're spending on things and being conscious of how much work you're putting into it um is definitely very very important Mm -hmm. and obviously you know take care of yourself like that's something that goes without saying that we've said a million times over this you know episode (laughs) Uh, (laughs) whatever project you're working on just make sure you're not like you don't lose yourself when you're working on it like please take care of yourself please don't be those that type of student where if you don't pull an all-nighter you feel like you haven't done enough you mm-hmm. know because that should never ever be the case that should not be the measure of like a a good artist you mm-hmm. know just take care of yourself otherwise if you burn out way too early on you'll have no like nothing left in you to be working on it for the rest of the year and then mm-hmm. it'll turn out worse and you know than i'm sure you had hoped for so um so another thing that i am hoping um is more i guess for maybe the department to provide more resources, I guess, um, mm-hmm. for, uh, I don't know, like self-care, mental health, those, mm. like, something along more those. puppy therapies, that kind of more thing. More puppy therapy. <laughs> <laughs> um, something along those lines. Uh, mm-hmm. Just being able to, you know, provide the students with resources, like students mm-hmm. who maybe are suffering from burnout or, you know, maybe don't quite know how to handle the stress yet or you know are a bit too overwhelmed like we should have um i don't know ways to kind of deal with what we are dealing with this year because i'm sure i'm sure everybody is going through the same amount of stress as we are you know it's not just me complaining about burnout it's not just you either like everyone is going through something so um i'm hoping that that doesn't go unacknowledged uh these next few months i think the pandemic was probably the breaking point realizing that this is not this overworkaholic mentality is not the only mentality and i think that self care mental health it is already kind of been on the rise a little bit in recent yes. years but i think it's accelerated to the point Absolutely. where this is probably the number one most important issue if not in the department of humanity absolutely and i think that that's something that's extremely important and uh i'm glad that you were able to kind of voice that and talk about that and bring that up because you know of course I can prepare questions all day long and I can <laughs> I can write down like oh like what do you what do you think about this whatever but I can never <laughs> prepare for the most important things and talk about the most important things you know so mm-hmm. absolutely so thank you Isabella that was of course. Uh, Take care of yourself. That's also another big advice. Maybe that should have been it. <laughs> I think that we, we, we've, we've kind of emphasized that. I, yeah. I think we've kind of emphasized that idea a lot over the uh, over the duration yeah. of the episode. But it is extremely, extremely important if Super you take away important. nothing else from this episode. Yeah. Take care of yourself. Awesome. I just have one last question for you. Who is your favorite podcaster? <laughs> um. <laughs> I don't listen to podcasts often, so I guess you're tricking me into saying you. <laughs> it's not a trick. It's the correct answer. Control. Good job. Good job. You get a gold star. Thank you. Thank you. <laughs>
Well, this is a good trick then, because I genuinely don't listen to podcasts <laughs> that often. Um, mm-hmm. My roommate Kat is always recommending me stuff, and I listen That's to right. she certain was episodes. Me. Yeah, no, she's very well versed in podcasts. Mm-hmm. Um, so she uh, she recommends some episodes to me, but there's never one that I just stick to, you know. Mm-hmm. So yeah, there you yeah. go. You're my favorite podcaster, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> that's just the little validation I love to receive at the end of every episode. So that's really awesome. Well deserved validation. Oh, thank you very much. Well, thank you, Isabella, for being on the show. I really appreciate you being here, <laughs> and I wish you the best of luck on your piece. Thank you so much. It was so much fun being on the show. Thank you for listening to this episode of The In-Between. If you like the show, you can subscribe at iTunes, Spotify, YouTube, or wherever else you get your podcasts. I'm Javier Colon, and I will see you next time. Too. You know, I think that if we really got to go down the pipe dream, you know, we're going to have John Mulaney interview me. Oh, my God. <laughs> oh, oh, I still stand by the idea that he should have narrated this hit, your film. Yeah. It's really Move sweet on. office quote. <laughs> yeah. It's, it's, it's hard to believe that came from The Office, but you know. <laughs> it probably didn't. I just, I just remember it from The Office. I'm probably going to sound so stupid to say it came from The Office, but it's definitely, it didn't originate from the show. <laughs> Well, I, I think that it did. I think that I think for a lot of people in, the, in our generation, it did end originate from the office. You know? Thank you for the validation. <laughs> yeah, of course. <laughs> Ooh. Yes. <laughs> I love it whenever somebody makes that noise of like, ooh, like, wow, like, uh, hmm. You know, I'm like, yes, like, I got them, you know, like, I got them thinking. And that's all I could ever ask for with anybody's guess. Yeah, so. that does get me thinking. Um... <laughs> If, are you okay with going a little bit over 11 yeah, o'clock? No, because, no worries. Yeah, yeah I don't have fine. an interview right after you. I have another one at 3.30, so we no can problem. go as long as you We can go until 3.20. Let's do it. 3.20. <laughs> we'll make a, a four and a half hour podcast that I have to edit. Oh, oh man. everyone to listen. <laughs> yeah. I think it, would be a, it wouldn't be a podcast at that point. It'd just be like a, a season's a TV show. Yeah, a movie oh, yeah, at that point. yeah, absolutely. <laughs> I'm going to be back to this like little hunched over creature <laughs> over my computer it's Catherine like opens the curtains you're like hiss you know like it's <laughs> exactly. just it's not it's not conducive to uh to uh social interaction no <laughs> so I'm um this is actually what I was preparing for um this is